Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by... Trace Finicaro And... El Snakeo Face, so... That's a one, Gunner Kennedy. Hi. <laughs> hey, Gunner. <laughs> so, we're going to jump into it. Um, Trace, you were talking a little earlier uh, about uh, Pokemon Go, actually. And it's kind of come up in the news in a negative light. Um, there's involving a class action lawsuit and uh give us some of the facts kind of take take us take us away so those that don't know like pokemon go really got popular probably what three four years ago yeah and it's essentially a game it's a it's a you know uh it's like pokemon you know you you walk it was i don't know what the intent was but it encouraged kids and people in general to just go outside walk around because there'd be these like kind of virtual pokey stops and, and Pokemon along the way that you can kind of search for and capture all on your cell phone. But at least you're kind of walking around and, and it kind of encouraged that. I don't know if that was the initial kind of plan of, of uh, for Nintendo, but I think it was a positive byproduct of it. You got off your ass and you kind of walked around unless you were really fucking lazy and just took your car around to pokey stops, which I know some people have. I myself am guilty of that. But... Trace, go ahead and take it away with some of the some of the recent news about it. So, the Pokemon Go game is actually made by a company called Niantic. Niantic really was previously unaffiliated with Pokemon, but they were a mobile phone uh, company that already had the what they call augmented reality figured out and the augmented reality was for a different product gunner do you remember the name of the game uh i do not remember the name of the game i know we've talked about it on the podcast before we've talked about it before but my brain is uh, ingress. ingress ingress that's it yeah <clears throat> and when pokemon go came out niantic was able to reuse the um charge up or you know power up or whatever areas that were in niantic they, were, they, they already had that map laid out for, from all the Ingress players. So they were able to use those places for Pokey Stops. Pokey Stops is where you kind of pick up your, your daily items to play Pokemon Go, um, as well as Pokemon Gyms, and the gyms are places where you can battle. So, for example, um, Ingress had already gone to, um, they'd already found the locations of all of the churches, and the churches are gyms. Um, and, you know, like a post office is always a Pokey Stop. So the map was already laid out. However, there was a class action lawsuit filed against them um, in California. And what the class action lawsuit said was uh, that they're responsible for taking, quote unquote, um, necessary measures for fielding some of these complaints. Now, you'd think that the complaints were from the uh, churches and from the post office. The reality the churches and the post offices actually weren't that upset that there were people there. Um, the post office is a public building, so there's not a whole lot that they can do when there's just a group of people standing outside on the steps. The complaints were actually coming in from the residents that were very close to those places. And uh, what the, the, the settlement uh, proposal, they haven't actually settled yet, but the settlement proposal said that Niantic needs to actually honor requests from people that are within a 100-meter 
uh, uh, radius of the Pokestop or the Pokemon <clears throat> Gym. And in doing so, they have to pay uh, damages to the people who have complained over the last three years. Um, I believe it's $1,000 per uh, uh, per you know complaint or whatever you want to call so, it. So uh, just a quick question. The... The game, uh, so Nintendo essentially, or Nintendo and Niantic are responsible for that, or the Pokestop owner? Um, in this case, I believe Niantic is the responsible party. Wow. Because even with their Ingress game, they created this augmented reality, but they never had a method for fielding complaints. So it's. It, I remember something like this happening with, with PayPal. When PayPal first came out, PayPal refused to argue disputes on transactions. They said, listen, we're just the place that you transfer your money through. If you have a problem with the service that you got, we're not the place that you argue through. The problem with that is, is that all financial uh, institutions have, have a, a, a way to report fraud or to, um, to at least uh, be able to dispute a transaction because you can be falsely charged. Right, your money can come out of your account, but you may not receive the goods. Right. And if PayPal has no way of escalating that, then it's a problem. Well, I actually contacted PayPal back in the day um, when uh, when I had a dispute on a charge. PayPal never did anything about it. They sent me the canned response. And what happened is, since I was one of the ones that that entered that complained to them over this, you know, five year period. I was automatically asked to be part of the class action lawsuit. I said yes, and then when they when they paid out damages, they have to they actually PayPal had to pay me um, uh, part of those damages, and I think in my case it was like thirteen dollars or something yeah. like that, <clears throat> which at the time I think was about I mean maybe a fraction of what I had well, what I was disputing. But uh, so in this case, um, the people who have complained leading up to this class action lawsuit are going to be g g getting a check. But what's interesting is the article that I read made it sound like we have to redefine the definition of trespassing um, in order. You know, this when this settlement goes through, we we're almost redefining the definition of trespassing because if you're uh, for the most part, if you're walking around and you're on private property, but they have a sidewalk, you can use that sidewalk to get to where you got to go. But now if that, if, if that private property is, is within 100 meters of, let's say, a, a, a big art sculpture. So, so art sculptures are another item that commonly show up in the game. <coughs> if you're within 100 meters of that art sculpture, you may be trespassing by forming a group very close to residential property because you know you could be getting loud um i i don't know like the actual complaints that people have but um one of the one of the the people interviewed for the article um was complaining about how there's just constantly kids out uh outside of his house gathering outside of his house <coughs> now i've i've i play pokemon go and i've been to some of these gatherings and the people are pretty quiet. <laughs> I mean, they just kind of stare at their phone and, you know, touch their screen. They're pretty quiet. So, but some of the larger gatherings, um, especially at the gyms, they've introduced something within the last year where uh, when you play at the gym, there can actually be, they call it a raid. And anybody who plays video games knows what a raid is. 
But uh, it's the same concept. There's one big boss, and you need a whole bunch of people to beat him. And you, you actually can't beat the boss without all of these people. You just simply can't do it because it's timed. You get uh, you get three minutes to beat the boss. But there's if you have a lot of people in Pokemon that are, that, that that are a low level, it could take thirty of them to beat this, these some of these bosses. But the other thing with Pokemon, I don't know if it's like this in other games, some of these bosses are only available for a weekend. So it's limited, kind of limited time type of thing with probably limited rewards and stuff like that. Yes. Which is smart, like a smart business model. Um, it's definitely, the whole thing is kind of weird because I, I mean, loitering has always been a crime, right? Like not, maybe not a serious crime by any means, but it's always been kind of a reason or a way for uh, the public businesses um, to, you know, just ensure that there's no kind of vagrancy and just people essentially camping up on their property. So I'm not like saying that that should be not enforced, but it's also kind of like it sounds like they're complaining about a bunch of like kids for the most part just hanging out. And I I guess I because this is a a rural area for the most part where we live, it's not very resident. It's not very excuse me. There's not like a lot of industry around here. It's not by no means what I consider Canastota, New York, a an urban setting or a densely populated area. I do wonder how crazy it could get like in a city or something like that. You could, could you potentially have, you know, 400 kids just hanging out at a pokey stop. And I don't think people, maybe people aren't pissed about that or annoyed by that, but they're probably just hanging out there, you know, and who knows what's happening after they're playing, done playing Pokemon. Like, are they getting harassed by these kids? Which I mean, they're just kids. They're dickheads probably because all kids are dickheads for the most part. Um, some of us just never grow out of that. Sadly to say, sometimes myself included. Hey, buddy, don't be so down on yourself. <laughs> but the question, I guess, is: is I mean, is it, are, are we not just kind of being like old curmudgeons and just saying "get off my lawn"? So, in the case of this lawsuit, one of the complaints that the guy had was: um, when, when you're this close to one of these stops. Or, or if you're in a place, actually, the phone kind of, the, the game kind of figures out where a lot of people congregate. Um, Pokemon actually appear just kind of randomly in the game. And one of his complaints was is that strangers keep knocking on his door ac- at, asking for access to his backyard. Because, oh, yeah. because they know that there's a Pokemon close to them. There's a little thing stating how close the Pokemon is to you. And if it's a really rare Pokemon... They actually want access to his backyard to get them, and he's he's upset that the game is placing them in resi- on residential property. And that is a major problem because now you're talking oh. about allowing access onto a private property that you're responsible for. If something is, happens to the that kid or something yeah. like that, like a tree branch comes down and kills him, like well, you're no. you potentially responsible for and, a lawsuit. And the like again, we can you know like I'm sure that because we're stupid fucking Americans, and none of us is as dumb as all of us. That, to your point, yeah, there's going to be some fucking new trespassing definitions <clears throat> created of this. It's they should have fucking done an approved list, you know. Like this is, this, this, I mean, I, I understand that like they have to do your geolocation and stuff like that for the the, the the app, but this was an easily manageable fucking problem, and it's just it's the it's the nor it's the normal it's the normal like perfect mix of Silicon Valley slash. 
progress, you know, I say progressive, not like from a politics, you know, it's like, we don't fucking care. We don't deal with problems, you know, like get it, get it out and we won't deal with problems until after we start coming down. But this was, this was an easily, this was an easily it does make you perceivable. Wonder. It does make you wonder how long, uh, how long Niantic waited before, um, before they started addressing some of these concerns. They really should have had a method for easy removal. Um, with some type of verification, like like even if you were like like a copy of your bill saying get these, you know, here's my here's my power bill. This proves that I'm at this physical location. Um, you know what? It's a free game. You could even challenge them to open up the game and show a picture of the Pokemon in their yard. You know, prove. Well, that. I mean, there's got to be no, outlay. No, there has to be some sort of like. Niantic should have enough control in this fucking engine in this game to to see where everything is. On, laid out on a map if like my my see i didn't have a problem with it until you just brought up that last uh opinion and then it's like well now you're you have major concerns for a potential lawsuit if someone gets hurt you know what i mean or something i mean jesus if somebody who knows what you could be held responsible for in court nowadays if a couple of kids get into a fight and get hurt on your property like and you know my house happens to be within 100 meters mm-hmm. of one of these pokey stops which means that there's pokemon that show up by my house all the time. Fortunately, I live in a in an open area. There's a big sidewalk. I don't have a fenced yard. My front yard definitely is not fenced. And because of that, if people do catch Pokemon walking by my house, they're usually in transit, like they're walking somewhere. They might stop for a second and then they go. I'm not close enough for a Poke in a Pokestop for people to congregate. And also, the Pokestop that I'm close to is a small ice cream stand. So the people at the ice cream stand are perfectly fine if there's a big group there because people drive by, say, oh, my God, the ice cream must be amazing, and they stop. So it actually has the potential to bring them more business, which I think is the way that most businesses feel. They're like, you know, we're okay being flagged as a stop because bringing more people, if one of those 10 people buys an ice cream cone, then, you know, maybe it's okay to be a pokey stop. And that's why they don't take themselves off of the list. But it does get interesting for the people that live very close, in a very close radius to these <clears> places. Now, I don't have a, a, a fence on on the front side of my house because I live in a, a you know, pretty spread out area. I have a house and the next closest house is, is maybe three or four houses away. But I think some of these places are, like, if you live in a, if you live in a condo or an apartment complex or, or, um, you know, in a, uh, a townhouse style, a lot of the times some of these housing developments will put these beautiful art sculptures and it starts at, it starts questioning whether or not those housing developments are public property or private property, right? Right. They don't allow businesses to move in there, so they aren't exactly public property. Um, they're all just, all the, 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 the plots of land are created just for housing. But if somebody tags a playground or somebody tags an art sculpture, and as you're walking around, you find yourself crossing again and again and again over people's sidewalks, what happens when they when these people have fences in their yards, you know? And the Pokemon is just on the other side of that fence. And I guess the, that's what this class action lawsuit's going to fix. It's going to allow those people, I really think it's the exception, I don't think that it's the rule, but it allows these people whose properties continually are getting walked on by strangers. I, I've met a lot of the people that play this game 
these are video game dorks that play Pokemon for the most part. Yeah, I can't say that. I I can't when I envision um, your average Pokemon Go player. They're not. It's not a menacing visage. You know what I mean? Like it's not a. I don't think of someone like that's looking there to. And even in the lawsuit, he mentions that they're just standing. They're they're standing on the on the the sidewalk, staring at their phones. So yeah, they may be in the way. They may be an eyesore, but these aren't necessarily a rowdy bunch of people. Yeah, they're not like drinking beers and fucking throwing rocks and getting into fights and shit like that, doing drugs or whatever. The biggest hazard that I think they cause is that the cars going by are going to stop and wonder what's going on because they're going to see a gathering. And sometimes, and when the game first came out, this was this was um, a pretty big problem. Is sometimes the people are looking at their phone and they're not looking at their surroundings. But I feel like that's a problem that exists everywhere right now. And it's not just Pokemon. No, it's people not just are, Pokemon. People are fucking fiddle-fucking with their phones constantly, either whether it's text, whether it's uh, social media, whether it's you know setting you know your Spotify to something different or your Pandora to something different as far as the music you're listening to. The one thing I don't like about Pokemon is uh, unless you give it your Google credentials, which I don't really want them to have my Google credentials, Unless you give it your Google credentials, or at least that's how it works on Android. Um, unless you give it your Google credentials, it can't track because you need to walk in the game. Um, it's the only way to uh, to hatch eggs, and um, and there's other rewards that it offers by walking. Um, it's not really intended to be a game that you get into a car and drive around with. If you actually, if it detects you going more than twenty miles per hour, it doesn't give you credit for walking. Um, but. One of the bigger problems I have with the game is that you have to keep your phone on. Yeah, draining the battery. And you're draining your battery while you're walking. But because the phone needs to, like the screen needs to stay on, because once you lock your phone, it stops tracking your progress. It, the, the exception, of course, is if you use your Google account, then somehow Google is tracking your steps and it can send it back to Niantic. But what happens is, is you almost need to have your phone out and on. And that's the part that I don't like about it because I feel like like that's really what should have been exposed during this class action lawsuit is that Niantic, Niantic knows that their app can only be used with the screen on and it's actually encouraging people to stare at their screen while they're walking. Well, yeah, because if you're going to be using your battery, you might as well use, be using something else to kind of take advantage of that battery life. Like for sure, that's it's definitely interesting. And it's also very, I think the whole thing is, is kind of a, a conundrum and kind of interesting as well. It's on one side, I definitely think people are kind of, you know, being a little cranky because these people are, these kids are, and they're typically kids that they're having issues with, I guess, are not really causing too much trouble. That being said, if I had people at my door regularly trying to get in my back, get access to my backyard, that would suck. Like that would be an issue. And, you know, there are other factors. Like if I had small children, I don't know if I want like these teenagers and 20-somethings just hanging around because the fact is is that I'd say, yes, most of these kids are probably just normal, good kids without any bad intentions, but there's always a dickhead in the bunch. You know what I mean? There's always somebody that could potentially cause a, a problem or a threat to your to your, to your own. So I would kind of feel a little uneasy about that as well. You know what I mean? Just a bunch of just masses of kids right outside my door, essentially, some of which trying to gain access to my backyard. And frankly, I'm sure there are some instances where these kids 
don't fucking ask. Yeah. Hop a fence and, and do whatever. And frankly, that that is and, and that's another, disturbing. That's, that's a good point, Wade, because that's another part of the lawsuit. And that's that Niantic doesn't do a good job um, of public places that close. So the post office may be okay with people hanging out on their steps while they're open. But once they're closed, they may not necessarily want people on their property. And that's probably a bad example because nobody really cares about the post office's steps and people standing outside. That, that really isn't a huge deal. Um, but where it does become a pretty big deal is some of these parks. So there's some of these parks that are, are closed at like 9 p.m. And there's actually people that are supposed to be patrolling the parks and keeping kids off of them. But the game might have a promotion happening where you have to go to that park at 9 p.m. in order to catch this monster. And Niantic should do a better job of allowing the park to give them their hours of operations. So that way they do the promotions at places that are still open. Well, I think like the problem now that Niantic is facing, and I, I bet you it's probably just cheaper to pay out the 1000 bucks per person or whatever. The, the problem now is they've gotten so big, the game's gotten so huge that the effort to undertake to contact all of these places these i would assume tens of thousands of those locations at the very little at this point would be i mean it, I, I would imagine well, it would be difficult imagine I, all the phone calls I, all the paperwork all that stuff i'm not even thinking that you need to contact them i'm saying like let them is, contact you right well no not even that it's that uh if they're already if they're already balls deep as it were in the google surveillance state Google's actually got a pretty good That's true. AI operation. to determine if it's a residential yeah. versus, a, versus a, a commercial property. Yeah, Google knows that. And Google also has a pretty good hours Google- of operation. It's crowdfunded. So Google will say, hey, I noticed you went to this park. I was wondering if you knew the hours. And then the person will look up at the site, say park closes at 9 p.m. And then they can tell Google that. Ten people tell Google that it becomes a fact. Yeah. You know, and then now when you go there, it can say park park closes in ten minutes. Right, and then it's like I mean, how 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 difficult would it be for them to write conditions and then to program that? Like, okay, well, if the park closes at ten, then this raid can't happen any later than like eight thirty, right? Mm. Like or eight o'clock. Would yeah, it, well, no, because the, the the thing is, is that the app, the thing is, if the app has to be persistently communicating back to a state machine. On the other end, that's also plumbed into the greatest surveillance engine ever assembled by mankind. This is the fact that we're having these issues is, um, not negligent. What do you say? It's just it's either like fucking dumbass decisions by Niantic or like they just don't fucking care. I think it's more. Gonna, give a, I think it's until, probably until, until they're, until, I think until, it probably started out as, well, we didn't even think about that. And now it's, well, we don't really give a fuck. <laughs> but there's a little bit more because there's some, there's some uh, customer loyalty that they have to deal with with this. So one of the concepts with the gyms is that um, the gym is the place where you battle. And if you battle the people that are already in the gym, you can take that gym over. Now, the game's split up into three teams. And so if you go there, let's say you're yellow and you go there and the gym is red. If you keep battling those red Pokemon, you wear them down and wear them down, and you can eventually boot them out of the gym, and then you can take it over, and then the gym becomes yellow. Actually. This is a problem, though. With The game assumes that each gym is a 24-hour operation, and the game rewards you for how long you've been in the gym. 
If you're in the gym for eight hours, then it pays out the maximum amount of currency inside the game, and you can buy the currency with real cash if you want to. But what, what ends up happening is if all of a sudden you have a place that has a curfew and you can't have anybody at this place at a certain hour and Niantic decides to cooperate, you have something like gyms where if you get in right before they close, you're locked in until the morning comes. So it becomes a little bit unfair and people are actually going to be going there just before close more and more and more because they're guaranteed to get the maximum payout in the game uh, because of that. So it's going to start like you're going to see people like like battling and battling and battling right up until that 9 p.m. Uh, closing time because then they're going to be locked in there until maybe you know, seven, well, eight in the morning. Couldn't they essentially close the gym down though? So boot everyone out that's there at this time frame, so that no one's getting any credit after after it closes. Um, historically, they don't do do that. Since the game launched, I only know of one time where they actually booted, they they closed and kicked out everybody from the gym, and that was during a huge software update. From, from historically, they don't because they want to keep the loyalty. If you if if you fought. To, to get into that gym and then the gym's closed, what was the purpose of fighting to get in there? And people are going to start avoiding that gym because there's not as many incentives there as there are in a 24 Well, I'm just saying gym. on a whole, if that's the rule for all gyms now, for all locations, you know, listen, these places have hours of operations and there's no fucking reason for you to be yeah. there after they close or, you know, late at night when they're not doing business. So, bang, it's closed and you're kicked out. You'll have or, to do your business. Or maybe they introduce a freeze feature. Where the state of your Pokemon at 9 p.m. freezes and then nothing happens. Yeah. Right. You right. don't get credit for those hours. But when the when the you know when the park reopens, uh, the, the the clock starts again. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, I can't imagine that. Like I said, I'm not a, a software developer on this project, but I can't imagine that they couldn't figure something like that out. Suspending the time it's, essentially. It's, it's still going to piss people off because what happens is. Um, let's say like a cemetery, for example, they're usually open 24 seven. So it's probably a bad example, but, um, a lot of people that play this game, they'll actually have, they'll actually pull over on the side of the road and hit up some of these stops. So, um, sometimes it's, it's kids asking their parents to pull over. Sometimes the, the, the parents have the same account as the kids and they're helping get the stops so that they don't have to spend money in the game. And let's say you want to pull over at a cemetery and hit up one of these gyms. Well, if all of a sudden the cemetery closes its, its gate and, and the gym's locked out, people are going to start getting upset because there may be three cemeteries in their neighborhood, but no churches. No post offices. And those are the only places that they can go to to get the items in the game. If they work a third shift, they actually just kind of got pushed out of their own game. There's no other way to play. They'd have to leave their town in order to play. And one of the biggest complaints that, that the players have had with this game is that uh, if you live in a rural area, you have almost no places to go to. You have almost no ways to play the game because you can't play the game. You you actually can't play it without these gyms and Pokestops. It's unplayable. There is no like like game you can play on the side to earn the things you would have gotten if you were hitting up these these spots. So Niantic, they may do what you're describing, Wade, but what it's going to push out a decent percentage. A lot of the United States is rural, and they have people that would suffer these problems if they started enforcing the hours. I get that, but I don't necessarily agree with it because, A, if you're working an off shift there's always time to get to a place in daylight like it's well, rare that a shift no frankly it's very rare that a shift takes up the complete amount of time of daylight even during the winter hours 
Um, I would definitely say like a cemetery. I would not want kids hanging out in a cemetery late, late at night for the sheer fact of someone trips over a fucking headstone. They can get pretty fucked up there because it's the middle of, because it's the middle of the night and it's super dark. If you work even an off shift, I work a second shift. There's time in the morning I can get up to do it. I know third shifters, you go right after you get out of work. If, if you work until 6, 7 in the morning, 4, four or 5 in the morning. I don't, I don't really see an argument here. And, um, and I have a coworker that does as you're describing. He gets up an hour early, and on the way to work, he 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 stops his car at a series of of public places where he can do his power ups, do his battles, and then make it to work. I think it's crazy. I really think it's completely crazy that that every single day of his life, he goes he gets up early. And leaves for work early to hit up these places. Um, I may, you know, like I, I play the game too. I don't play it as much as he does. But what, what I'll do is when I'm on my way home, I'll pull over. I'll pull over, um, you know, on, on a street that happens to have a stop. I'll hit up the stop and then I'll go home because the game does reward you for hitting the stops consecutively. Um, it's like the biggest payout is if you hit seven in a row. So I'll make sure to hit a stop every day. But I don't sit. At, I don't sit in a church parking lot at seven in the morning fighting these monsters. Um, I don't get up early for work to do that. To me, that's that's insane. So I hear what you're saying, Wade. Like they can go out early, and that's definitely viable. But th- it's still an inevitable backlash that that Niantic would get from its players. Sure, I, I agree with that. Gunner, you had some input. You realize that. You've effectively described the game equivalent of Uber, right? Like part of part of, like all the problems that almost all the problems that have been listed with this are the same bullshit that Uber pulled off. Where it's like we've like Niantic has effectively made a amusement park that uses someone else's property to 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 to, to, to run on, as it were, and. You know, these are this. It's this. It's this. We found a fundamental loophole in the concept of public space or public public good, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride that fucking thing all the way. Well, I don't know. That's. The, I think you're. I, no. It kind of sounds like a stretch, unless well, you can elaborate more on that. Okay, so <clears throat> you know, we're we're talking about because the 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 the, the gist is Uber is effectively operating you know uber has shifted all of the 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 shifted all the liability of actually running an uber cab to the driver versus how it normally works which is that it's a cab company that has insurance you know has to check that the driver's not going to murder fucking people but a lot of companies do this like a lot of shipping companies even even ups at times goes to owner operator which is not right in my opinion but you don't but like this is a like Effectively, Pokemon Go is an amusement park. So, Gunner, what's interesting is you're talking about antiquated terms. We have an amusement park within within you know 20 miles of us right now. Silver Beach amusement park. There's no, there is not much amusement to be had at that particular park. Yeah, and the problem is, is people are getting their amusement elsewhere. Instead of thinking about it in terms of 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 how our parents grew up. Our parents are the ones complaining about this. Yeah. I think that it's more fair to think about this in terms of if you were born right now and every app that you had had the capabilities of knowing your your uh, yeah. geographical location, 
what does what do your games look like? Would Candy Crush Saga incentivize you to have a meetup? And now instead of giving them instead of giving them money, they can find out a little bit more about your habits, about where you're moving to. No, no, it, it, and Pokemon Go just happens to be the first big game to 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 do this, and more of them are coming. One yeah. of the problems that we have today is that it's very obvious that they're playing Pokemon, right? If the augmented reality were done in a form factor that didn't have to be stared at, if it could actually be part of like the Google Lens or something like that, I don't think that you would realize how many people were doing this. But I also think that you would find more games jumping on board. How how long before like someone takes this to the next level and like creates like a dating app with this technology? It's just like Eh, there's like seven singles here hanging out. Like it's only a matter of time, right? Like I mean, that's I feel like this is the natural progression of things. Um, you know, it, it starts out as a game and then it turns adult real quickly. But Gunnar, I guess like with the Uber thing, you don't you you become an Uber driver knowing maybe not all of the risks by any means or the severity of of how of how risky it is. But you're there. You're you're essentially saying, "Dude, I'm open for business. I want to use my vehicle to transport." With this, it's like no. And I didn't ask anyone's permission to become a pokey stop. No, no, no. no. And, 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 okay, and you're 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 doing a one to one thing. And maybe this is where my problem, my, my fucking least weird association break. So you're an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. However, there are things that. A, a, a registered ca- you know there's fucking corruption in the cab industry is, itself the, the, but there are things that as a as a recognized cab driver you assume all, you know you, you, you assume on a store as well like you have to know the right like uber is i got my gp you know like although everybody everybody's kind of like got to this point too where i got my fucking gps out and i'm just trying to figure out where i need to go but it's it's this mediated re- mediated reality like i get where trace is coming from where he's saying that part of this is just that we have a fucking yeah, yellow cab never should have existed the only reason that it did is because for a blip of time we weren't all connected the the, the well, age goes, of us goes, not goes, being connected is going to be seen robots. it's going to be seen like vikings i mean we it's it's new to us because because we're part of this you know generation x uh millennial xenial we were raised with the technology being taking up a room, and now we're seeing the technology fit in your pocket. But there will never be another generation in the history of humanity until we're until you know a catastrophic event happens. There's not going to be another generation that's not always connected. So the idea that Uber didn't exist with our parents is only because they happened to be born in a time where they weren't connected. And even then, Uber, Uber existed. They were called gypsy cabs. Yeah, no, no, but... I, but yes. I'm talking about the, 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 the logistics of it, Wade. Yeah. Right? Where you have... Uber's business model is the only taxi business model that, that works when we're connected. The old business model where you flag down a taxi and you pull physical cash currency out of your pocket to pay him that is that's a relic of the past that's like riding a horse to work it's something that will never ever ever happen again until a catastrophic event wipes out technology it makes taxis in their old you to think about uber 
even Uber's in relation hack. to the old taxi style. The old taxi style was a limitation. Yes. Well, e- even even Uber just, is a hack until we get uh, t- until we get the robot until we get robot cars k- kicking around. And I think that's inevitable. But, but it's still Uber. <clears throat> yes. No, it's still Uber. But the but it's the, exactly the, the, the same but, thing. But you're, the only you, difference is is that you don't vet the car as a person. You vet the car as a technology. Yeah. It's still just as big of a problem. You don't want your car being hacked on the way to work. Right. If you're a, if you're a famous person, if you're a person with power, you don't want your car getting hacked on the way to work and being killed. The reputation of the software and the reputation of the hardware end up being more important. Right. And I think that's why cybersecurity is such a big thing right now because the we're adopting technology faster than it's being vetted. We had an episode, Gunner, where you were educating us on how insecure these Tesla cars are. It's one of the most autonomous cars made. But it's also one of the most insecure. Yep. But I, I hate to think of things as like, oh, it's an amusement park. Why do you? Ha- why do we need an amusement park anymore? If you have every game you could possibly imagine but inside your pocket, you have virtual reality to make it feel real. What do you really need an amusement park for? Leave, if you have virtual reality, why do you need to leave home? Oh, I mean, now we're stretching no, because a fucking roller coaster. I don't care how augmented your reality is. Roller coaster have, can't be simulated. I, 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 think, true, I think you know what I mean, I like think, a true ride. I think somebody. I think we need to save up a shit ton of money and take a trip to Disney World because you need to take the fucking uh, what, what was the one that Disney did for uh, Avatar. But wait, the, no, because they, they they have a v, they have a VR one that you do not you do you like you are just in the hangar rig and you do not move forward mm-hmm. and it will cu- it will like induce fucking anxiety attacks and people worse than any normal coaster. And wait, I know what you're saying. There's certain there's certain um, activities at the amusement park you cannot virtualize. I get that part, but there's tons of them that you can. Sure. I mean, why would you go there? You, you know the old dusty shooting gallery. Yeah. And everybody knows the shooting gallery. Every amusement park's got one. And you get this thing, and it's. I think it actually shoots BBs. It shoots pellets. I used to work at yeah. Sylvan Beach. <laughs> so it shoots physical pellets, which is dangerous as fuck. You have to have the guns actually pointed. They have to be mounted, right? So you're swinging it back and forth on a thing. Why would you do that with four strangers when you can just get a game that has a shooting gallery and do it with four friends? Sure. There's so many things about an amusement park that were really fun growing up because technology couldn't couldn't really offer anything that competed with it. Um, you get a duck and you flip the duck over, right? And if you get just the right duck, you win a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is that any different than finding a loot box in Fortnite? Right? No, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're both cons. Or walking around the sidewalk <laughs> and, 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 and getting a Pokemon that you know none of your friends have and they may never find. It's just as big of a prize. And I'm not saying that I like it, and I'm not saying that I, that I accept it into my heart, but it's where, it's, it's where I'm seeing things trend. My son has this app called Quid. Have you guys heard of Quid? No. No. This is the strangest app I've ever seen. But what Quid does is Quid allows you to collect stickers and trade stickers, but they're virtual, right? So it may be what looks like a bendy sticker or a mickey sticker and the game gives you a certain amount of currency every day that you play it 
and then you can purchase these things. So I look at my my son, and he's like, "Yeah, I have I have almost the complete collection of the of Five Nights at Freddy's series one, but I have a woman that's looking to trade me Five Nights at Freddy's two for my Five Nights at Freddy's one collection." And I'm like, "What are you trading?" And he's like, well, I'm trading my collection. I'm like, well, what collection is it? And I look at it and it's actually, it looks like somebody went to Google Images, saved all of these pictures inside the app, and then almost made those pictures a currency, like like they're collectible. And if you spend real money, you can go and buy these things. So I'm like, this game, this quit game is trading images, images you can just find online. Right. <clears throat> well, it's it's definitely, I mean... I don't know. Some would say, well, it's teaching young people about economics and, and currency is. and value and things like that. But it's also at the same time, I could see potentially being like, eh, this could get out of hand and you could have like people people paying like a lot of real money just for these weird collections. And I realized it's the same thing as trading cards. Well, it's absolutely the same thing as trading cards. And I'm like, wow, this is quid is trading cards. It's 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 really why would you have why would you have, you know, a thousand boxes of cards in your garage? It's pogs for Xenials. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> Actually, maybe that's even a little bit not 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 old enough, maybe. But, like, pogs was, like, a thing when we were kids. And I'm like, well, at least my son's collection of, of these trading card sticker things, at least it doesn't take up any space. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take up any space. And honestly, what is the harm in it so long as the communique are strict, the communique between... Um, collectors are strictly about trading and it doesn't, you know, go off think, the rails. Think about this from like an Amazon Google perspective though. What if Quid part of their user agreement and I'm sure it does says, you know, you this game is free but we do share your data. And then the next time that I'm on Amazon shopping for Christmas, all of the Bendy Five Nights at Freddy's and Mickey Mouse stuff is showing up as being advertised to me. Now, that's okay. People just scroll past advertisements. But what happens when it starts happening on a larger scale? What happens when Walmart starts pre-ordering all of the Five Nights at Freddy's stuff? Because they realize that there is a slight uptick in the quid trading. And now when you go into Walmart, they have the items that you want to buy. And you didn't even know that they knew that it was a thing yet. You know, that's when it starts. That's to me when it starts to get strange, when it starts to drive, um, drive purchases. When, when people, you, you kind of assume that it's something that you like and it's kind of private to you, but you're involuntarily sharing it. Even though the user agreement said, said you could, nobody reads the 15-page right. no, user well, agreement. Right, yeah, that's absolutely true. <clears throat> Gunner, talk to us about Amazon. They suck. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I guess the uh, the big New York uh, deal is uh, gone, gone, gone kaboom. Yeah, so it Amazon, it came out in the headlines very recently, the past two or three days. Um, everyone knows, like a lot of people know anyway, Amazon was building a monstrous second uh, headquarters down in Queens um, when they were going to do a big like financial services there. And uh, there were a lot of protests. People did not want it. And apparently the protesters won, and Amazon is not going to put their headquarters there. 
Well, I mean, there was also, like, massive systemic issues with just... It was a lot of talk, but, you know, like, New York City's fucking public transportation infrastructure is disintegrating en masse. You know... Kind of random aside, but it, as much as we, as much as there's that fucking upstate downstate divide, New York City's just as fucked as just as fucked as we are as far as act, like, you know, they talk about how they're rich down there, yeah, but it costs a shit ton of money to keep that city running, and they don't have it <laughs> normally either. Right. So what? So, are, are, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. So um, the 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 well, you know, there was a lot of there, you know, like it's kind of this. I don't know what you could call it, crystallization moment. You got Jeff Bezos, who has basically a personal income even after his divorce, which is greater than the entire gross domestic product of Russia. You have uh, you have this situation where they did $11 billion, $200 million in profit, and they actually got a tax refund because of it. Um, Queens is the last, one of the last areas that's actually like, like somebody can fucking live in New York City and if Amazon had moved in there that would have been done you know there's not the transfer you know like and even that it's like most of the people who would have fucking came to Amazon would have been probably living on Long Island anyways and that's you know there's just not the transportation thoroughput to kind of support having a fucking Silicon Valley style fucking development you know, and, and besides, uh, it's the main drive for getting Amazon in New York City was really because they wanted to be the premier financial solutions hub for IT. And who knows if New York's gonna, if that's gonna even be fucking relevant in a couple of years here? Because you know, it, 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 yeah, there was a lot. There was a, people were very unhappy. Uh, when that fucking tax thing came out, you know, uh, um, everywhere I looked, every fucking news article, if you go into the comments thing, like every third or fourth one was a very casual, we're going to murder all of you jokes. And it's like, I think maybe it's starting to kind of sink into the consensus of, of, of the, the upper crust as it were, is that, yeah, we, we may have said the loud part, the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet as far as the... Let the plebs eat cake. 25,000 jobs is what they were going to be bringing to that area. I think I think Amazon should stay in New York and just come to Canastota. That would be awesome. They're, well, they're going to be... Uh, we I, definitely don't have the infrastructure heard, to support that. Buffalo, actually, I heard Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo would be great because on, I lived in Buffalo for a year, and uh, actually, on Tracy's brother Light lives in Buffalo as a homeowner there, and it is fucking dying. Like... A really, really nasty death. Although I'm surprised Rochester wasn't in the the running, but maybe Rochester's just too good. Tesla's got his solar company out of yeah. Buffalo. Does he? Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. They, they, solar they, City. They, I they think want it's the trans, They want the transportation network because you got the you got the port there. You have they want they want to be near a couple of actual like major universities. Um, actually, and again, like you can't tell that I listen to the fucking Capital Press Room on on my drive home because I get to work. I get home from work way too late. But because um, actually Cornell just opened up uh, a technology institute in Buffalo, so like they're doing, oh, really? they're doing like actual just fundamental R and D stuff out there as well. So if you were gonna do East Coast, it's not the worst place. I mean, the fucking real estate is ridiculously cheap. 
Right. Well, yeah, because the area is it's having know, it's, such it's, financial it, it, it has, hardships. It has the transportation infrastructure just like the fucking city contracted because nobody was doing anything there. Yeah, I, I don't really know about the transportation, to be honest with so, you. It's, it's, I'm just thinking, like, actually, the, the, the road network and surface transport is yeah. well in excess of the actual population. No, you're absolutely right Buffalo. about that. No doubt about that. I think bus, Buffalo would be a, a viable option. I With and, the tax return stuff, I guess I have a, a different, a wavering opinion. Um, I definitely think, you know, we all have to pay taxes. I don't necessarily feel that businesses should have to pay as steep a tax as we do, um, mainly because well, it, so long as it can be proven that they're providing luck, well-paying jobs. Well, luckily for you, luckily for your position, uh, the majority of them uh, get money back. And that's and I don't believe in them getting money back. I definitely think there should be a percentage of what their income is they should be paying out. I just don't necessarily think it should be 30% of what they're paying out like we do. Your average American well, probably no, pays between, what, so like 33%, 30%? The, 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 the thing is, though, is that the, the, the previous mechanism that prevented that was this concept of um, regular reinvestment into the business. Yeah, um, you know, and but now we're kind of in this max draw thing, like, and you see companies kind of eating them fucking selves, like Electronic Arts and Activision. Yeah, Activision laid off eight hundred people. Well, seven hundred people after after the fucking highest pro. Like we have been, we have been more profitable this year than in any of our previous. No, that's true, but they did take their 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 stock took a pretty big hit. No, they laid off people to because they lay, no they they their stock took a pretty big hit because instead of twenty percent growth, they had twelve percent growth. Yeah, I mean, and that's I guess that's just business in general. You know, it's instead of it's, instead of can instead of cancer, you had a benign tumor. You can, well, I just think with Activision and with any other business in in a in the gaming industry, right? We we now have a pretty good idea of. The gaming industry, the gaming sphere, like it's, uh, you can get too big. It's pretty fucking apparent and you can fail. You know what I mean? Like Activision used to, used to have a pretty good reputation. They got too big. They started resting on laurels like Call of Duty every year. That was essentially the same game. And they're, they're you know. So th- this gets into an interesting question, which is that. So we go back to early U.S. history, their business of the 20th century, the fucking lawsuit that Dodge Brothers and Ford had where, like, a fucking company has to do. A company has to conduct its business in a way that ensures a return for the shareholder. What happens when a company's management is deliberately antagonistic to the primary function of the company? You know, like, because... There's, there's basically there, there in in a, in a in a functional system the two the two goals are not mutually exclusive, where you know like because I, I I hang out I hang out with a lot of leftist anarcho people in various spaces, and you know and there's a whole like fucking end stage capitalism and stuff like that and it, yeah I mean like you, I I can kind of get where they come from, but a bunch of people who front me money. So that I can do something that makes money and gets them more return than just fucking sitting in a savings bond. 
good deal. But I have to do the thing that makes money instead of just effectively, I, 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 I gather a bunch of it and then just burn human beings for, for firewood and do a bunch of financial shenanigans. You know, it, it, like it, it's, it's, it's not productive because it's, 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 you know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's intrinsic to a system where like debt has become, you know, the, the debt and the fluidity of that debt becomes the primary financial accumulation mechanism. But it's like a car company has to make fucking cars, you know, like that part of, part of the problem with GM and Ford were that GM and Ford became basically banks that had pension funds and a bunch of factories that they got stuck with. And, you know, like they were very terrible at being banks, but if they had focused on, I don't know, being a fucking car company, maybe maybe that would have been, you know, if they'd focused on the core function of their business. This is just the natural progression of things, man. Like once you become a public entity and a publicly traded company, for the most part, that isn't some sort of a utility, which I mean, you would think it a vehicle would be kind of a utility. Once you have to continue to make progress with shareholders, it's only a matter of time before you're fucked. Yeah, well, because well, the thing is, is because exponential growth is fucking exponential growth is literally either a fucking nuclear meltdown or uh, well, it's just impossible. Or, or cancer. It's not possible to continue to infection. grow and grow and grow and to continue growth. It eventually has to come to a head unless you branch way the fuck out and get really creative. It's not feasible. But it's a, but 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 the problem is, is that the very thing that you just said is antithetical to create antithetical to fostering creative solutions to problems. Well, right. Well, yeah, because it's this weird thing where you, you want buy, growth you, and you the buy. only way to grow is to grow is to typically go through some sort of a conflict or to go through some sort of a a, a metamorphosis. There has to be a catalyst to grow into different areas, but a lot of your investors don't want that. Major investors because they don't want anything experimental. They just want what they want and unfortunately Please, That's a human condition. Please tell me that 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 scenario he describes involves a CEO just dropping a robe, and he's got like the full fucking back tat, and he's just like, <laughs> "Behold, I am the Red Dragon." Reformed. Well, I think this is what's interesting about being incorporated, being publicly traded, is at some point the success of your company relies on the public. Uh, emotion about perceived, your company. Perceived power is achieved power, and because of that, I it it seems like you're constantly being tempted with steering away from your primary business model. Because you know, I like to think of Netflix, for example. Netflix started off renting physical DVDs, and then after a while, they started. Um, their 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 core business model shifted to streaming but now netflix has actually started to branch off and they're actually making their own original content now and they're competing with the hbo's and the um you know the the big uh, the big production companies when netflix starts to do that you see that they're switching their primary business model. They're getting a lot of their funds and they're using it to to select scripts and to actually um, go into movie production with filming and um, getting big name actors and stuff like that. In some in some ways, shifting your core business 
is very smart and it can help you in the long run. But in other ways, it can be a drain. I mean, you were talking about GM becoming a pension fund, right? Mm. But um, what's the, is it GMAC? Is that the, um, I think it's GMAC. The financial company? Yeah. The, the, the bank. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and that started from GM, right? Actually, GM, GM is the, so... Actually, let me let me couch this in accuracy. Singer, the Singer Sewing Machine Company, was the first, like, industrial. Basically, the first the first actual incorporated business mm-hmm. that established the concept of consumer credit. Jam mm-hmm. is the you know, but it, it was very informal. Like you basically had to. It's like the post office. You would go to a Singer dealership and pay there. GM is the first, the first, the, the the actual inventor of. Well, actually, Arthur Arthur P. Sloan is the inventor of consumer credit. Like there was no such concept as an auto loan or a person, you know, like a personal consumer good loan, up until like nineteen thirty something, because GM invented this in order to allow the you know allow the basically people to buy cars bigger. Than yeah, them. yeah, it allows them it allows them to sell more product. Um, but I mean, I think one of my, I think one of my mortgages was a GMAC. Mm-hmm. Like, well, because they're, they're, they're a huge bank and it's actually, that was, that was part of that whole fucking weird unraveling that they did during the bankruptcy was that they kind of had to like make sure that GMAC was not entangled in the fucking sure. debacle that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't just. Allow the bankruptcy to affect that debt. It screws up a lot of stuff. It's like what has happened with the housing uh, crisis. Although, yeah, we're 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 giving it a good try the second go around because like delinquencies on auto loans are fucking catastrophic near because we home because we don't learn our lessons. Well, because we we also invented a nine year auto loan note because fuck that's you. Fucking that's insane. why. That's fucking nuts. Because most vehicles, not nah, in my well, opinion, mm-hmm. most nine year old vehicles, you know. Well, are no, not doing I, so hot. Well, no, but I, I, I want I want you to really think of like, I want listen to me like think about this for a second. Not the in our shopping range, but the average transaction cost for a car. So wages have effectively been flat for how many years now? Like 10, 13, something like that. I don't know. I know thirty years ago, my dad was making the same amount that I am. Yeah. Okay, so no, 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 no. But, <laughs> I mean, no, that, that, yeah. That's that's that. Yes. So, but what that what it is is that the average price, purchase price of a car, is effectively what our parents would have paid for a home. Like, yeah, I mean, if um, you want, if you like, wanted a really, really like a big and nice truck, you you could easily spend between thirty and fifty grand. You no, know, mm-hmm. you're like you're in the sixty seventy range, and that's yeah, like, I guess that's, it's that's, true. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like we have the fucking real estate bubble around here, but when the prices actually come back to like ration, like the actual like real transaction price, if it's not a bank, yeah, my wife's car, um, new, we bought it used. My wife's car new cost the same as it would have cost the same as my house of course i bought my house 15 years ago but um if i were to go buy her car new right now um it would cost it, it would cost as much as i paid for my home that's nuts of course my home is homes are pretty cheap in this area we're fortunate i mean they're they well i don't know that's relative too i mean not to we're not going to spin off target here but there's really no spinning off target we can talk this is finances and, and the economy but we in pull. my opinion 
home prices here, considering the you know the economical the economics surrounding them, are pretty expensive. Well, well, that I think that's the problem, Wade. I think the problem is is that we don't make money here. Right. The people don't make money, so they can't afford their own home. But um, but I, when I, when I say they're cheap, I mean just going to Syracuse. Right, you're you're going to be paying thirty percent more for a home in the the immediate area that we're in right now. It's pretty cheap, and you go and you go towards like like a city. Um, oh yeah, my house, my house, anywhere close to New York City would be six times its price. Same thing out west. Like I was looking at the costs of um, of small, you know, twelve hundred square foot homes um, anywhere in California where the weather was nice, and you were you were paying, uh, you know. I would say seven times, eight times the amount that we pay here. So when I say that, Wade, I just mean relative to the cost sure. of homes um, throughout the United States. But the problem here is that this area is economically depressed. Right. The people don't make people really Amazon don't make enough co- money. It's why Amazon needs to come here and, and, and set up Amazon like dorms and. Yeah, but what's that? But Gunner, like you say that, but like it's only going to be a matter of I don't know two months before rents skyrocket to like seventeen hundred dollars a month, or maybe even more. And that's when you cash out and make the big bucks, (laughs) and then buy another house in another shithole town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and if you play your cards right, entropy will always lead a shithole town to come into existence. And you just gotta ride that. You gotta ride that wave into Money Town. But it seems like when you go, when you publicly trade a company, you almost you're almost selling your soul because the company now has is steered by the public and not by the visionaries that created the company, created the brand, created the product. The level of excellence still is assumed to stay the same, while growth has to increase. And the reason is is because the people that invest into the company invest thinking that it's going to grow. And in order for it to grow, there's some industries that hit a saturation point and they stop growing. Right. Well, that's it's kind of it's why I'm so torn on the going public. Like I don't think it's a great idea for many companies to go public because you are handing over the reins essentially you are handing over the control to the shareholder now the shareholder now the mob runs it essentially not like the mob like the mafia but the mob mentality runs it more money more money more money like and it's like more money it's it, more i just don't money. think that model is a healthy model by any means because i think you get locked into these thought processes and locked locked into these ways of doing business because if you do anything kind of outrageous and it doesn't work, you're fucking gone of the company that you potentially have had started. The other thing it can do, though, is it can kind of introduce a check and balance between these these conglomerate monster corporations and the public. If you have enough people in the public watching the watching the company and the, the decisions the company is making, the people can almost keep the company in check. You know, you have some of these uh, you have some of these gigantic companies. I guess. A lot of the times you wouldn't know anyways because they they create yet another they create yet another corporation and and people don't necessarily associate it with the parent company. But like you think of um, uh, like Kraft, right? Kraft sure. is huge. Kraft is actually owned by the parent company of Philip Morris, right? And when you think of 
and you, you like like the Boca brand is owned by Kraft. And when you think about these huge conglomerates that own so we many corporations Cadbury's. underneath them, and what's that? One of the big things is that Cadbury's quality is fucking like face planted since Cadbury. Them over. Yeah, you think about all of the brands that they own. Um, if 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 they start like you said, if the quality of Cadbury starts going down, then people can start taking their money out of the. Uh, you know, out of the stocks, but I also wonder that as cons- as we become more and more and more consumers of the products, and the companies are getting larger and larger and larger, do we just have no idea what's going on? You know, and is yes. maybe is maybe that the problem is that they're getting so big, and we're so disconnected from the actual like parent companies themselves. I mean, I don't even know who owns Philip Morris. No. I'm just using Kraft and Philip Morris because people people know Philip Morris owns the cigarette brands and people know that Kraft, um, you know, owns... You Johnson know. & Johnson is another monstrous, like, giant, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it's... Well, it's <clears> like <throat> Nestle. Nestle is a... You know, and Nestle, actually, they're... they're I, don't, I don't know. So Nestle has a fucking really messed up history. Because effectively, modern Nestle was founded or you know because like the other thing is is that companies just because a company's been doing business for so many years, it doesn't mean it's the same company the entire time. No, absolutely not. Blizzard well, is a perfect example of that after they were purchased by Activision, dude. That that well, your gaming, management team your your management team shapes so much like the the, the, the corporate the, the corporate board more money people got inserted into that company and it fucked that company up and I feel done. bad for all those people that got fired I feel bad for the seven hundred people that got fired seven hundred plus that got fired I feel terrible for those people that being said I they will I think land on their feet and find another place but. Blizzard needs to die, Act, and I hate no, to say I, that because no, it's one I, of my I, favorite gaming I think, companies. I think Activision, Activision itself is kind of like, Activision has buried more, like has done their best to kind of catch up to EA, and it's almost EA and Activision's primary functions at this point are to consume smaller publishers and pulverize pulverize their human effort into 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 quickly obtained converted cash rather than long-standing no you're absolutely right value. because i think they've gotten too big and they don't have a they've incorporated all these companies into themselves ea is not what ea used to be it's obvious it's gotten too large there are too many chiefs there now they don't have a their only focus is making money it is no longer about making good games but it does take it this this new game that we talked about last week, Apex Legends, it's mm-hmm. gaining more steam. It's, well, getting, it's getting more popular. I heard it's doing great. But they're already doing really well. But they're already like trying to go back and like fucking push like weird microtransaction. Yes, but why shit. is it popular? It's popular because Respawn yeah, no. essentially said, "Fuck EA." We're going to do this kind of our way. You have fucked up so bad in the public light recently that we almost don't, don't want to be associated with you. Let us do it our way. Let us just drop this game, see if people like it. Don't get me wrong. They're, they need to monetize it, right? They, they, there's microtransactions. I don't give a shit about that. You, it's a free-to-play game that is not pay-to-win and is not pay-to-play. There are two characters that you you could pay for immediately or you could grind a bit and get the two, unlock the two you, characters. Did you see what... Bungie is doing after their effort so like there, there's like weird stuff going on over on that side of the fence well I know we talked about Bungie leaving Activision well but there's there so Bungie 
<clears throat> Bungie has said that they're not making a new game. The, 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 so there's a whole bunch of work going on. Yeah. But they're not making a new game. And they're not working on new Destiny content at the moment. What are they doing? So Bungie popped the trademark for this thing called uh, Matter the other day. The other day. Okay. What is it? So it, it's, you know, and again, you talk speculative. So um, there's some stuff that they're talking about in the paperwork. It almost sounds like they're doing a store. I'm not fucking interested in that. No, no, no. So this, this is, this is, <laughs> no. So this is weird. Okay. Because what it almost sounds like is Bungie is doing a store in the sense that, like, you know, like how Unreal Engine, you, you, you do, you, like, we talked, we talked, la- we talked last week, Unreal Engine, if you're on the store, you don't pay the licensing fee sure. for the Unreal. Bungie's making a framework to build games in. All of those games are in the same framework. So they're, they're like they're they're, they're 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 you know like we go back to this theme park thing. Uh huh. Bungie is making a new platform, like an engine, like a yes to build games in. Okay. But all of those games are in the same engine in the same world. Oh, so you're talking about essentially a multiverse of gaming? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I mean that's pretty. That's. Bungie has been pushing for the more connectivity as far as more social. They've always been kind of interested, I think, in uh, with Destiny. I think not turned out how they wanted it to turn out. Yeah, but they think they wanted a little more social interaction, a little more kind of. But yeah, connection a, a, there. effectively a frame a framework that yes, you can build your FIFA, you can build your FIFA slash Monster League sports ball game in the same fucking universe that you're having your massive multiplayer shooter or farm simulator. And that's a cool, that's a, that's a, that's, that's definitely an interesting topic. And it's definitely an interesting, um, model and idea that they definitely couldn't have done with Activision. They absolutely could not have done it with them. But this is why I kind of getting back to the point, like certain industries, things work, but in gaming, is Nintendo publicly traded? Yes. And that's weird because they always seem to no, seem it, to. Iwata uh, 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 was very good about um, telling them tell kind of keep Reggie and Iwata were very good about kind of keeping them fuck off because like the Nintendo shareholder calls were always weird. But uh, recently, that's kind of you know that with that with the weakening of that 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 resolve, they've you know like they're they're. Nintendo might be going corporate. Like, do you really think on. they will? I really hope yeah. they don't, because in in gaming, they're kind of the last bastion. As far as they kind of just say, we got some off the wall ideas, and that's what we're running with, and the shareholders can kind of fuck off. Yeah, but the, I think the recent um, failure of the Wii U console made them realize how volatile they were in the market that they live in. Fortunately, the Switch finally took off a year after really they expected it to. The Switch is finally taking off, but I think that um, you're gonna you're gonna see them go the way of the rest, where they're gonna say, "No, you know what? We'll we'll license our IP. We don't need to build consoles. We don't need yeah. to build. We don't need to to have engineers doing designs on controllers." But you know, maybe what maybe I mean when it comes to consoles, maybe what we're all eventually seeing is is the console and the PC merging, and the games are just something that runs on a device. My 
my son installed uh, Crossy Road, which if you don't know what that is, it's like a modern version of Frogger that's really popular on the cell phone. And it's, it's, it's in a lot of arcades. You go to a Dave and Buster's, you can play <sighs> Crossy Road. Why couldn't it just be fucking Frogger? Why couldn't it just stay Frogger? It probably could have, but I think Frogger was owned by a big, uh, I think like, is it Activision that owns that title? Probably. Yeah. Um, but Frogger was, Frogger is a title that I believe owned by somebody else. And Crossy Road was like, you know, I think Hipster Whale makes it. I think that's right. Hipster Whale um, mobile uh, company. But anyways, like a lot, like Words with Friends is a good example. Why didn't they just use Scrabble? Right. right? But Crossy Road is a pretty big title. It's actually, it's arguably bigger than Frogger um, because it's in arcades right now on cell phones. Um, and my son just installed it on the Fire Stick. And this I thought was pretty cool. I have this, the Fire TV at home and I, I use it for Netflix and stuff like that. But it also has games on there and a game that just requires up, down, left, right, and a, and a button, which... A lot of cell phone games do, right? Like, um, what's that one where you, you run, you're getting chased by the monster, and you just run and take turns and run and take turns and jump and dive? Um, I can't think of the name of it. Um, something Runner. Um, there's people listening know exactly which game I'm talking about, but it's really Net popular Runner? on the... What's that? Netrunner? I don't know. No, um, I, don't, I don't know the name of it, but if you do, you know, running video game or being chased video like game... Explosion Man? Explosion, man. I don't know. Well, it's not important. But that game is another one where you swipe left, you swipe right, you swipe down to to duck under an obstacle, and you just can't stop running. And uh, But that game would be great on the, the Fire TV, too. But what I thought was impressive was that little Fire TV stick. I got the 4K model, so the hardware is a little bit better. That little Fire TV stick, you know, it's about the size of, you know, maybe a big pack of gum. That's able to play Crossy Road, which is a 3D game. It's able to play it at 4K on my television. Now, the graphics in it are basic, and I think that's, that's why it can handle it. But it's only a matter of time before the Xbox and the PlayStation are the same form factor as these Rokus and these Fire TVs that we're sticking in the back of televisions. And when that happens, who gives a shit if it's Xbox? Well, no, you're right. Well, it's it's because it's funny that you talk about this because I've been doing a lot of work on my heads up, my 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 head mounted AR display, and just trying to figure out which engine I'm actually because like, you know, there's open source ones, and it gets into this you know like this is kind of your problem with LMMS where it's like you know you you have, you have, you have features that you're trying to implement, but people do weird things, and it's like the it's the the first. The first however much percentage of features are relatively easier to implement, and then it's like when I want this one specific thing, the cost of actually doing it skyrockets exponentially. So you look at the open source 3D engines that are available right now, and they're actually relatively feature complete versus, you know, like, you know, like, you know, compare, like, you know, I'll, I'll do a scene, but you look at like even Unity, so Unity's kind of, Unity's funny because it's the, it's the thing that everyone who doesn't make a good game uses. Yeah. Yeah, I heard my son complaining about it yesterday. He goes, Unity, another Unity game. And I'm like, you realize they don't make the game. 
right? It doesn't but matter. That's the game they, they, engine, well, and, and they put their branding on their game engine because they want their game engine to become popular. But yeah, well, Unity is completely free, right? Unity. Well, no, Unity. Well, Unity. Um, it depends on what version. It, so the issue with that is that the Unity branding is because they didn't want. So the the thing is, is that people who are poll. Mm-hmm. Use Unity because yeah. they don't have to. You know, like the licensing terms are different. So you keep the branding on there. You can use it for free. Yeah, more or less. You know, but the problem with that is that Unity gets stuck being associated with a lot of very garbage tier games. Sure. Unreal is part of that whole implementation of that stack. I mean, like you know, you, but, but Unreal has this thing called Pixelcast. So Pixelcast is a engine integrated streaming layer mm-hmm. so that as long as you have a target device that can t- connect to that stream it's really low latency the computer happens it, elsewhere yeah you yeah. just you're in the cloud and to your point yes is if you build a game and if you build a game in unreal pixelcast is inherently built into it there's an and, actual um i actually i just stumbled upon it it keeps showing up on my facebook feed but there's actually a a um I don't even know how to describe them. I'll say it's a gaming company, but what they do is they have a powerhouse PC on low latency, and you actually play on that PC. It's like you're renting a PC mm-hmm. in the cloud. Have you seen this? I, I've seen I, I, not the specific service, but I've seen this. Yeah, thing. they're like they're like for fourteen dollars a month, you never have to have a five thousand dollar PC. Let us keep the five thousand dollars. Just have PC. a good, just have a good internet connection, essentially. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and you're playing. Uh, what I don't entirely understand is how they're able to do it, because it seems like by adding this this fifty or hundred millisecond delay, it would make the game unplayable. So I'm not exactly sure how they make it playable if they have some way of of advanced rendering some of these games. If maybe they figure that out, and I mean that's a, that's their secret, right? Their secret is is how they get make the game playable. Um, I wish I knew the name of the company though, because it keeps showing up on my wall, and. Uh, I guess that's closer to what you're saying, Gunner, where you can offload the game rendering. Yep. You can have the powerhouse PC elsewhere and you just stream the content to yourself. But what I'm saying is that I, I, I think that that's only a stopgap because the technology can't handle it yet. I believe that if somebody if somebody said that something that's slightly bigger than the size of the HDMI plug that you're plugging your xbox into your tv with something slightly bigger than that plug is going to run a video game they would say eh, yeah technology is getting smaller but it won't be able to do that and now i'm seeing the fire tv 4k they engineered that device with a certain amount of 3d computation mm-hmm. in mind even though it has tv in the name well you yeah. are seeing a lot of companies you know, trying like you hear, I've seen headlines that go Netflix and Hulu. They're going to be come out with well, a gaming streaming service. You also like, have to, you also like you, you are know, seeing that secret se- secret sauce information uh, in hand. Uh, Amazon bought the guys who did Killer Instinct. Rare? Speci- no, the the new one for Microsoft. So the I thought the, that was Rare Studios. No, no. Still. Rare did the Rare did the original Killer Instinct. And Microsoft, Microsoft purchased Rare. Microsoft got the property, and they actually they, <clears throat> they, they had a different they, they, they had a different development team yes. on it. Okay, but their whole thing was because to your point is that yes, their whole deal was how to tune stuff high late you know like for for high high highly sensitive or high latency sensitive applications 
remotely and they brought them they brought them in specifically to tune Amazon's gaming stack which is smart because as far as the competitive fighting scene goes um, Killer Instinct was I've played it a little bit online and I found very little latency issues online whereas like Street Fighter 5 is like a complete fucking mess some companies that just do it significantly better than others and yeah, it's very like, important they're, they're like they actually because I'm trying to think what the fuck because it, it, it's there, it's a. They had done it off a fork of another fighting, you know, like a, a, a predictive engine. Okay. But yes, your to your point, like yeah, because, it, but it's also just like how how do you, how do you break apart a problem? So this is the local compute that has to occur. Yeah. To allow this to to to, to hide this and right. what can we do remotely to you almost need that? a negative latency. Yeah. Which in, you would have to have video game engines that can can compensate for negative latency. Most of them can co- compensate for positive latency, but you need an engine that can compensate for negative latency. But if you... And again, but this gets into the point where it's like, hey, we have access to this, one of the single largest fucking machine learning clouds in 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 it at the moment like we if we tune our predictive you know like basically if we if we can if we can structuralize this so that we can learn from your basic input patterns how you're going to perform in a certain context we can probably we can probably mass you know because like carmack's big thing was that like you, you know people talk about um quake and quake 2 and doom and all that stuff about like how how crazy the graphics were back in the day but Carmack's biggest contribution was that his fucking like for his predictive algorithms for where somebody was going to be in space because like you know this is this is still back on dial-up like just fucking trying to fucking pay. like the only the only company that ever even came close was dynamics and i can't remember what the dude's name was but it was like it was on tribes and yeah like you'd, you'd have 900 milli you'd have 600 millisecond 900 millisecond latencies and it was like yeah, you couldn't for tell. All, for all intents and purposes, unperceivable. Right, right. But but again, I think that a lot of that a lot of that comes down to the limitations of our technology. Mm-hmm. Bandwidth will eventually. Well, when we have quantum be interfer- wide open. When we have quantum interference, direct entanglement connections, so it's traveling faster than light. Well, that too. Um, but I mean, I guess there's still there's always going to be a latency problem um, from one side of the globe to the other. Well, and there's I, like, going to be issues there. Fuck, I mean, you, like, kind, you kind of have to split the baby in half and pick a server that's in between the two of you. What, what happens? So if there's an in, if there's an unavoidable 300 millisecond delay, 300 milliseconds being about a third of a second, and being in in, in a in a, a shoot 'em up game that being way too long of a period ooh, of time, ooh. you might both be able to settle for a 150 second millisecond delay, which is still high. But you might actually enjoy playing against each other, so you pick a, a, a server that happens to be directly between the two of you. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't happen too often. But if you if you happen to meet gamers and the latency ends up being the biggest you know, problem, was it Carmack? Carmack, he said Carmack's but, little thing like it, it it takes longer it takes longer for an HDMI packet to go from the back of your computer to the fucking display than it does. Well, for, a, well I think a problem with that is it's encrypted. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's 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 inherent. It's inherent. So one thing with HDMI is in order to, in order, and I don't know if this was a lobbying effort, so I don't know the politics behind it. But with the with the previous versions of digital and analog video, you could you could pretty much steal any video content just by putting a um, a recorder or a video scraper in between your computer and your monitor or your. Um, 
DVD player and your monitor. <clears throat> HDMI is an end-to-end -end encryption. So, yeah, naturally, if every packet's got to be encrypted and then decrypted, then you're actually adding um, latency. And it can be observed if you ever turn the, the speakers on your television and, this, and, and you run the audio through a stereo, you can tell that you're doubling, that encryption ends up causing an echo and you hear the audio in one device before you hear the audio in another device. So yeah, I can see what you're saying there, Gunnar. Um, but I believe HDMI also supports non-encrypted. It's it's still in it, it. Well, even if it's not encrypted, it's still kind of delayed because it's it's one of the fundamental problems that they've had with VR is just trying to like dial that out as much as they can, because even DisplayPort still technically has that same translation layer implemented in it, and it's 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 either you mask it by throwing like super high res it's it, like super high refresh rates at things. Mm -hmm. Because then you just, you know, like, it, it doesn't matter if there's a delay, if effectively you're just spamming, you, you know, like, what? Because I think, I think actually they found the target. It's like it has to be 90 frames a second or higher to not make people fucking puke. Right, 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 right. And yeah, that's interesting. I never would have thought of that. And, and they're forced to go HDMI because that's what everything's switching to. Yes, and it, you know, like, but maybe they just need to lobby the HDMI. You know, maybe this is more of a case where they need to lobby the HDMI um, uh, standards and try to improve the standards. What sucks is what we got is what we got. So even if you fix HDMI in version three, four, or five, the people that are stuck with one, two, and three, mm -hmm. or one and two, are still going to experience the technological problems. Everybody's going to be going to freaking for you know. Now that we got FreeSync as a common standard, and or actually. Adaptive sync. I'm sorry. Correction. It's not free sync. That's the AMD trademark name. But yeah. So like it's one five one four or something. Like that. Anyways, but yeah. Now we just get to throw away all those TVs and 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 start over again. But back to the IP and sorry. content providers. I feel that um, yeah, Nintendo seems like they do a really good job. But what's preventing Nintendo from releasing a game on the Fire TV? What's preventing Nintendo from selling? A Fire TV compatible controller. So you can play Mario 1 on the Fire TV. And why don't they just sell it? Like, I, if, you know, I, I have the emulators on my computer at home, but there's only a handful of games I really want to play. And if you can just go to the store, like a retail store, buy the hardware that you need to play it, and it comes with the game, it comes with the software side of it. Why don't they do that? And I think that's where you're going to see Nintendo kind of switch their um, switch the market that they exist in. Right now, they want the Switch to be successful, and their IP is is stuck on the Switch. So they're kind of okay right now because they have a successful game console. But that's going to fade out in a few years. And when that happens, they're faced with a decision of whether to gamble with hardware again. Which could be which could be unsuccessful because the Wii U was unsuccessful console, mm. or they decide you know what now the Fire TV 4K has been replaced with a Fire TV 8K, the Roku has got a version that's 8K or whatever I'm just using that term it's not necessarily a real term um, I think like 5K is one of the ones that they're using now but um, but you got these new uh, arm devices that plug into the back of your TV, everybody owns one, why would you sell a $300 console? Because you're diluting the brand of your, because if you're offering your 
product on everyone's services you're diluting the brand. Like right now they so. have the advantage think, of I don't think Hipster Whale diluted their brand when they offered when they offered Crossy Road on the fire. Does Hipster stick. Whale have any have any value even close to that of Nintendo? Whether they do or they don't, they still exist on the cell phone platform. So to play you have the swipe Right, you've changed. You've changed the way that you experience with their game. You're right. It's not the same. It's as not Nintendo. even. But like, it's, it's also, not even close to the same. Uh, it's a hipster whale is a startup that would have gladly been purchased by Nintendo and have their shit exclusive on the Switch. Yeah, but but why would you sell a company to to? <clears throat> why would you sell your 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 game to a company that doesn't even that still has not jumped onto the cell phone market after all of these years? I don't think that getting onto a platform necessarily dilutes the brand. I think you need to do it properly. I was in the Apple Store and they actually had the game controller that clipped on the side of an iPad. The iPad was just as fun as the Switch to play when it had the right controller. But you have to have standard form factor, and you need to be willing to jump into that market. Nintendo announced with the success of the Switch, they're like, this this may be our last console. And maybe they're selling out, Wade, maybe they're not. But I guess I guess my point is, is that eventually the hardware doesn't matter. No, and, and I'm not saying that Nintendo doesn't have their own fire stick or whatever but my thing my my point is is that once breath of the wild can be played on xbox or played somewhere else you no longer have to go through nintendo and yeah nintendo gets a small portion of nintendo no longer has the bargaining tool that they have right now if i want to play a nintendo game like a switch nintendo game if i want to play smash brothers i have to buy their there's their hardware. No, you just have to install Nintendo. You're just going to be required to install Nintendo Store on your, your device of choice. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I don't. The Nintendo. Launcher. I understand what you're saying because the the hardware industry is is a bit of a gamble if if it's not well received. But from Nintendo's standpoint, they are they now hold all the keys. Once they lose control <laughs> of that and you can get it anywhere, I think it dilutes the brand a bit. I mean, it can if you look at like Android. Um, Android is an operating system. The brand has been diluted because there's so many companies that claim they're Android compatible, but the hardware is so underspec that the experience is subpar. So you ask the average person on the the average iPhone person on the street if they prefer uh, iPhone or Android, if their experience with Android was those cheap feature phones when they first came out, or even the bargain phones that you get free with like a like a, a T-Mobile plan, if that's their experience of Android, they're going to pick ios and the android brand has been diluted because it's been run on shit hardware um but that said there's no reason why game developers can't pick and choose the hardware that they run on and they do that today um that the major difference is is that right now it's generations of console i just don't i i don't I mean, my TV that I just bought, I have a Samsung TV. My TV came with a USB port on it where you can plug in a mouse and keyboard. And how long are we going to keep buying these consoles that take, they're, they're the size of, a, of an old cable box? How many time, how, how, for how long are we going to keep buying these when the compute power is already baked into the TV? Or what I prefer is baked into some peripheral that clips in the back of the TV, um, has better heat management, um, you can I, I just got a one terabyte hard drive upgrade for my for my Dell laptop and it was smaller than the fire TV stick a terabyte of data no absolutely and and I but what why would Nintendo give their IP over to someone else when they can just make one of those themselves um 
I mean, that's a that's a good point. I would say that the sales are fat. They're really a software company. Sure. They're they're really selling software, and they have made a choice to stay in the hardware industry. I mean, if you go back far enough, Nintendo is a toy company, right? Well, I think they're like, yeah, like a trading card company or something well, like that. The, the the yes, but there's they started they the the creator of Nintendo started off making toys before he started making video sure. games. But but if you look at them now, they're really a software company and they're uh, they're a brand, right? And how is that different than Fortnite? They're building games. They have they have you know um, they have the IP that they sell. The t-shirts, the difference is is that Nintendo figures. has made fucking ten Fortnites, and Epic has made one. Right, but well, actually, technically, Epic has made Unreal and Gears of War and Jazz Jackrabbit and you know, it, it, I mean, it, the thing is, is that Epic has always Epic has always played in somebody else played on somebody else's playground, where Nintendo has always had their you know. You have to be. You have to. You have to come to their club to play their stuff, and. But they've admitted you know, that they need to stop. That. Well, you know, but but at the same at the same time, like Epic, you know, like again, I think they're ultimate. They're both ultimately coming to the same place, which is that Epic. You know, I make that joke, but yeah, and you go you go to the Nintendo. Nintendo's really working on their virtual console and their online presence finally, and that's the kind of thing that you need. If you don't want to run game, if you don't want, it basically, if you want to be Netflix, you need a fucking net, you need a Netflix app to do this stuff with, and uh, Epic is doing kind of the same thing with the Epic Store, which is right. that if you want to play an Epic game, you you, you if you want to play which a game, we just, which we just last podcast said is fucking bullshit and sucks but it's what the, the, it's what is what's happening the switch pro controller is the xbox controller yeah, absolutely it's, it's identical because at this point for now for all intents and purposes until maybe the vr stuff or the augmented reality stuff gets a little better play which i don't actually think it ever will um that essentially the xbox controller is the perfect controller the perfect for a controller. lot of first person shooters and, and some fighting games and why do I need to buy the exact same controller for another platform? It, it, I don't even think it benefits Nintendo. If you look at how much, if you look at how much people are spending on Christmas gifts, and you look at the price of the Switch, you just want to let your kids play the latest Mario Kart. But it's three hundred dollars for the console, and you don't get Mario Kart, right? If it was just the sixty dollars for the game, then. Nintendo wouldn't have to worry about hardware. Hardware sales are tough because you have to actually stock shelves, and that costs tons and tons and tons yeah, of they money. Lose, they lose on hardware. They, they, they lose on hardware, and, and if, if all I had to do was buy Mario Kart and I could use the, the, the Xbox controllers that I already own, right? The Xbox controllers are Bluetooth. Bluetooth right. is a standardized technology now. Now it has its own problems, and they need to fix it. Bluetooth is one of it's a wireless it's a pain is the point Bluetooth for me. Of wireless, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, but why can't I use an Xbox controller that I know works great? It works Bluetooth, which I'm okay. It, I know there's a little bit of a latency over a physically connected controller, but I'm okay with that. Why can't I use my Xbox controller with my Fire TV? And pay Nintendo that sixty dollars for the game. They're still going to get their sixty bucks. They just Not need a list of approved devices. Because now they've relinquished the distribution, which means now they're at the mercy of Amazon saying, "Well, we're going to take thirty percent of your profits here." Well, that's true, and that's why they they would never do it. Because why would I surrender 
any of my money when I'm making all of it back on this well, software. That's true. And, but what's interesting is Amazon's made that same argument. This is why Amazon, this is why you can't use your the credit card associated with iTunes to buy Amazon content. Amazon actually brings you, opens up Safari on an iPhone and it makes you it makes you complete the transaction with your credit card through the web browser because Amazon themselves don't want to give 30% of all their sales. But this problem has been it's been ironed out and Nintendo would do the same thing. I, I Nintendo don't know. would offer, you know, a 10 a 10 minute free version of Mario and then in order to unlock the or, or uh, Mario Kart for example, it would be it would be free to play for the first 10 minutes or for one level and then in order to unlock the rest of the levels, you would go to Nintendo's store and give them the $60. And Amazon has proved that it's successful. Fortnite has proved that it's successful. They found ways to not have to pay the 30% royalty back to the no, store. No, they have. They before, in. But in my opinion, Fortnite is a completely ass-backwards thing. The, luckily, the game is good enough that people are okay with it. But I just think it's... When you're a title that big, you're allowed you're allowed to make up your rules. I yeah, guess, exactly. Yeah. And Nintendo can make up their own rules. What would probably happen, though, is the executive is at Nintendo would get a hold of Amazon and they would say or, or or whichever store that they're they're launching in it may make more sense to be to to, to make these to to make these uh, contracts with Apple instead and they would say listen we'll give you your 30% but for the first 10 years we want to be able we want to be at 5% and that's and that and that, yeah my i guess my problem is is as a if i own the company or if, as a eventually everything expires right like eventually you do rest you do control is rested wrestled from you Mm -hmm. and i just don't see if you're a successful company i don't understand why you would relinquish any type of control for distribution that you don't really need like right now nintendo has super strong ips that's what they've built it on it's it's literally why Nintendo survives. It's because they come out with badass games that you can only play on Nintendo's thing. Why would you ever say, well, we have a plan in 10 years to just make software. We're just going to be like any other gaming company and you can play it on anybody's thing for a, a cut of, you know what I mean? A put, cut of the profits. Put yourself in the shoes of Super Mario U developers, right? Super Mario U was a beautiful game. It was released for the Wii U and it allowed you to kind of cross-play between all of the different Mario versions, be able to combine different components of those, but you still had that side-scroller that everybody fell in love with with the original Nintendo, and that's proven to be successful since then. That Super Mario uh, Brothers U game was such a good game that they actually didn't change the title when they brought it to the Switch. It's still called Super Mario Brothers U. They actually didn't rewrite the game. They had to make sure that it ran properly on the Switch hardware, but they didn't actually change the game. They added a few minor features, a couple of characters, but the game is actually the same game. You imagine being on the team, Wade, of, of software developers that sat there and mapped out how fun that game was going to be, thinking this is going to be the best Mario Brothers game uh, side-scroller. It's going to bring back the nostalgia, but it's also going to have kids building their own levels, and the young kids are going to be attracted to it, and they're going to have fun. And you spend, let's say it's 12 months of your life, on a team of 200 developers, and then you watch the console fail the game. Can you imagine being part of that team? Can you imagine the entire success of this game, one of the in, in in your head as a developer, one of the best games that, that the brand has ever made fell because the console sales 
tanked. What, can you imagine being their boss and being like, man, we got a lot of people that were laying off this year because the Nintendo, because because the the uh, the Wii U is failing in sales, and all of these games that we've built for the Wii U uh, are that we were laying off developers that did really good work because of this. And then you stop and say, you know what? Maybe, maybe just maybe in today's day and age, where all of these these super fast devices are plugged into the 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 TVs already. We, we really are a team of people making good games. And if we can pick and choose what hardware we, we run on, we're going to sell anyways. It doesn't matter if it's a Roku or if it's a or if it's a Fire TV or if it's an Xbox or a PlayStation. We are really known for our games and we they can still they still have a team of hardware engineers, right? Because the hardware engineers have to work with PlayStation and be like, listen, for some reason on level three, the whole game starts to slow down. We need to work with you to find out why. And then the version for the PlayStation all of a sudden runs well. They could I think they could still put their quality on it. But what attachment do we have to their controller? You know? What attachment do we have to the switch? The Switch almost had to go out of its way and, and create a, a desire for a console that nobody needed. Because once you got that console, you're going to pay for the games. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. But, but the difference is, is that people are buying the Switch for the games, right? They're, I just think that they're, they're in full control of you know, their own destiny. And when you start relying on other people to provide other things for you you can easily be taken advantage of. The one area where I think the Switch is winning, and this is, I think, strategically genius by by Nintendo, but they were playing the long game, is that they teamed up with NVIDIA to get it portable. That is shield, unprecedented. Yeah. That, I think, is is really what defines defines like like a paradigm shift in the gaming console. And I'm glad that the Switch was successful because previous to that, I thought that the handheld game console was going to die. Well, it was because that's everyone else was bail was bailing on it. They're I mean, all jumping in the cell phone market, and, and which is kind of which is kind of shitty because it's like the the handheld stuff wasn't a bad market. Like the PlayStation Vita, I thought was a pretty slick little little handheld device, but I guess you know the the market dictated otherwise. And since phones don't have standardized form factors, you can't actually sell the same style switch controllers for a cell phone. You know, you don't even have a guarantee that a phone can stand up on its own. Right. Whereas with the Switch, it has its own kickstand. It has its own controllers built in. So from that perspective, from a mobility perspective, I completely agree with you. I think that Nintendo needs to stay in the hardware industry. But to me, that's really because cell phones refuse to standardize on form factor. And I don't know if they ever will. But to me, that's really the underlying problem. And even that is a, is a pretty small problem because cell phones have Bluetooth. So if you really wanted to, you could prop your phone up up against a box of cereal and get out your Xbox controller and still play, still have the experience on your phone. It's it just wouldn't work in a car, right? Yeah. Kind of shaking his head. Cyberware. It's the only. It's the only option. We 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 gotta get we gotta get those things wired directly into our brain. <laughs> It's the only. It's the only option. Of course, then the problem comes when Samsung, Motorola, Apple, and whatever decide to come up with their own proprietary cyberware interfaces. 
Because, you know, what the fuck, we can't have a single fucking standardized connector between the two of them, let alone a fucking operating framework or display. Imagine if they fucking change the resolution between revisions, like on the integrated one. So it's like, yeah, oh, by the way, we just upgraded, we upgraded your brain implant. We have a new series of brain implants. Your screen just got like three times bigger. So uh, good luck with that. I just... It's like that Black Mirror episode where the guy can rewind on a conversation he had with his girlfriend. And he's like looking at her eye contact and he's like, man, when she kind of is looking away from me when I'm asking her this question, I wonder if there's something else going on. You know what? I can tell by the way she's looking at that guy. She's fond of that guy. And then he zips forward and he's like, you know, totally starts, starts reading into stuff because he's able to, to go back on, you know, his, his optical buffer. Because everything's being captured. I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifestyle or in our lifestyle in our <laughs> lifetime. I'm kind of looking forward to the to, to when technology is part of me to assist me. There's so many times where, where I wish I could copy and paste something in real life. It bothers me a lot. You know, <laughs> like 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 Wade, your your Wi-Fi password is on your refrigerator. I want to copy the Wi-Fi password and input it into your device and input it into my device. I don't want to have to to read each letter and type each letter. Yeah, but the danger of that is make me a sandwich. What if no, like somebody a sees a copy of my bank statement, something like you know what I mean? I don't. It's okay if they glance at it or whatever. But if they're start, if they've got like a copy and paste all my information that's yeah. that gets a little sketch well i think that's the, the, and that's another interesting um that's another interesting topic is i was i've been listening to a podcast called uh darknet diaries i would highly recommend it yeah uh the host is excellent and he's um he does research on different security uh breaches and he reports on them and one of the ones he was talking about was the irs mm-hmm. did you do you know anything about this gun i didn't hear anything uh the IRS has a uh, a website that allows you to download your previous uh, tax returns, but the problem is is that there's no dual factor authentication on it. It just asks you a series of questions that you were probably the only one that would know, like where did you live in 1997? And since the IRS has your tax return from 1997, you probably remember where you were living in 1997. You can answer that question. The problem is, is that there's other people that can infer these answers as well. And what happened was we had this the huge um, security breach with, um, uh, what was the, 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 the credit reporting agency there? Experian? Oh, yeah, Experian, yeah. Was it Experian? I thought it was the other one. Mm, wasn't it? It was, it was Experian, I'm pretty sure. Because the, the whole thing was is that they got hired by the IRS to go and like verify the, the security you know, like the, the the security on their site after they had suffered a massive I thought it was the breach. other credit reporting agency Equifax it was yeah. Equifax okay. yeah Equifax. yeah Equifax data breach so that data breach happened and what happened there is the credit reporting agencies knew a lot about us and it had some of that information so when that breach happened you could go and buy information on the black market yep. and what's hilarious is they call this <laughs> so so to actually explain this in modern day terms you can buy somebody's information and as soon as the tax returns are accepted you can file for somebody's tax return but you can 
uh, have the uh, the money wired. Yeah, routed to your own bank. To your own bank. Now, they do make sure that the bank it's being routed to um, belongs to you. However, you can set up a fake bank account under this person's name because you know their social security number, their date of birth, and all that. So they call it a tax drop. And there's an actual, there's actually rap artists in Florida rapping about this. And they're like, I need a girl, I need a girl that can, that can get me a tax drop. Set up that fake bank account. And like the lyrics are actually about how it's just so common um, to the point where there was, um, the 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 year that the IRS discovered that people were getting previous tax returns and using that to steal somebody's tax return, um, I believe it was 2016, 2017, but $40 million worth of tax returns were stolen. Um, a lot of them were for, from people that uh, still live in Nigeria. So a lot of it was uh, like Nigerian style um, scams. So in that case, they were hiring people in the United States to set up the bank accounts and stuff like that. And they were pretending to be the United States person with all of the information. Hey, this is my name. Can you file my tax return for me? But it's become so commonplace that there are um, like like pockets in Florida where it's just, it's an everyday thing. These people just get together and they just do taxes that aren't theirs they, they get defraud the money. people yeah it's crazy um and there's rap songs about tax when you're a lazy shit bag i guess that's when you have plenty of time to do that type of stuff so i, I mean you know it's it's again we're we're living on the fuck we're living in the ash pile of a western western functional society i mean you got people be, between nigerians you know again doesn't matter where you are. We're perpetually connected. It's like running. It's running. A, whether you're running a con in your neighborhood or some guy in fucking. And what is it about Nigeria that they're they're the only ones that feel like they can scam us? Like it makes you wonder if. And I know there's other countries that do, but Nigeria really seems to be oh, there's the ones. There's tons of scammers in it. India. But but yeah, you're right. There are, but a lot of those are hired. Like the tech support scams and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but like like you know with the whole. Um, uh, you know, hey, I'm a rich Nigerian prince or whatever that is, and you know, I'm going to transfer my money. I'll pay you a million dollars, but you just got to send me a hundred, like that type of stuff. Those Nigerian scams have been happening for a long time. I wonder if like the U.S. could just knock on their door and be like, "Hey, listen, we're too dumb. You're you're going to keep taking our money. Stop calling us. We'll just give you the money." Yeah, like I don't feel too much sympathy for people that get duped out of money for that, like. But with the tax thing, it wasn't their fault. Tax thing, it's not your fault. That I have a problem with. Like you're, I have a problem with your privacy being invaded and things being stolen from you. I don't have a problem if you're just a greedy shit pig that thinks that you send someone a hundred dollars is going to turn into a million because you're just you're you're dumb. But someone that's just doing their taxes, you know, the you know the lawful way, and you know, then all of a sudden getting their shit stolen because. Equifax fucked up. I have a problem with that. That's a major problem. And I think the problem is is that the government doesn't... They mandate that you have a social security number, but they don't mandate that you have an email address. So, you know, back to the whole use talking about, you know, somebody just being able to look at your at your paycheck or, or whatever and be able to absorb that by recording it. That's why you really need a second factor of authentication. And that's why, like, I think it, it should go further than email, like cell phone, like... Not many people. It, it, it's significantly more difficult, I think, to gain access to someone's SIM, SIM card. In a at least, 
if maybe they could see the information you're seeing on your SIM card, but they wouldn't be able, I think it would be difficult for them to deny access to your phone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe they get the authentication too, but you can then say, whoa, I didn't do this. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's <clears throat> moving, they make sure to get a hold of the post office and tell them that their physical address is changing. Right. Maybe they need to contact the IRS and let them know that their cell phone number is changing. Right. Well, or yeah. that their email address has changed. It seems like the IRS could be more um, more responsible about this, and they could start preparing tax taxpayers for this now, right? Hey, Starting in 2020, right? Give them a year or, you know, 10 months. Starting in 2020, we're going to mandate that, that you have a cell phone and an email address registered in order to do a tax return. I guess that's tough, though. It's, it's t- it shouldn't be tough because the vast majority of people already have those things. But I do think that you there will always be people that make the argument, well, I don't have email and I don't have a cell phone. And I'm... But you're such a minority, I think, at this and, point. And then you register with your tax accountant. Right. Right. Your H&R Block does it for you. Now, now H&R Block becomes a point of, you know, a, a security threat because people are going to be trying to break into their records and, and be able to see always have the person says, I do my own taxes but, on my own forms and I mail them in. But I'll tell you right now, if you got a if you got a big tax return company um, getting ripped their data ripped off, they're more likely to go after the person that stole it than you or I. Because they're in business. How are you and I going to go after go after some tax drop party that's happening in Florida? And that is the problem with being connected because it's going to take me a lot longer in my car to go down there and beat the fuck out of somebody with a baseball bat. Right. That's the problem. And and there's there's a large risk. I mean, you may not come back. Right. Or you know what? You might love their lifestyle. I might just, just join. Hang out. You might, I might yeah. just, you might just get initiated. I want a bitch that I'm can so, do a tax drop. That's right. Wait, next... we were friends. How could you become one of them? <laughs> the desperados. <laughs> you were the chosen one. You oh, were supposed God. to bring balance to the force. Why did you do this? Wade comes back hey, home Joe. with a, Wade comes back home with a do rag. Gold chains. So yeah, on the on the plus side, he has a do rag, gold chains, and he has run a tax drop. Uh, on the downside, he has had his dick burned off by a volcanic magma. <laughs> How did that happen? Because he's because we got in a huge lightsaber duel. And uh... <laughs> I have the high ground. I'm so confused how his penis got involved. Because I was we were, we, and we were missing dropping. limbs too. And, and I'm going to be inserted into a robot, <laughs> robot body, and, and, to be alive and, 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 in agony. Yes, and you have a cyborg butt plug that monitors. <laughs> <you> monitors <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's just weird shit that Gunner's making up now. You say that. I think it's funny that that your penis burned off and you're okay with that. I mean, I'm not okay your limbs, with it, but your, your limbs have been replaced with with electronic limbs. But he's got a he's got a bitchin' ass do rag that, that, that. But keeps, the moment keeps, the moment that keeps him alive that Gunner. The moment that but, that Gunner gives you a butt plug, you're like, because you're now he's just being an far. asshole. Because now he's just being a dick. No, no. Well, actually, technically, the butt plug is to keep your asshole because that that was that was that was, that was severely burned as well. That was severely burned as well. Well, it, I mean, like from a mechanical, yeah, like that's the whole thing. Like Vader lost his dick. Okay. Are we sure Vader lost his dick? Uh, How do we like, know it's Vader really not lost? Something discussed, we but, don't know. But he was, you know, like again, the, the, there was a lot of stuff cooked. So, but the thing is, is that if the how can the asshole survive if the dick is gone? Because like at that level of exposure, oh, you know, like yeah, but now you're assuming the dick is gone. I'm pretty sure. 
Why do you think? Why do you think Vader lost lost his penis? Well, because I mean, besides his grief failing at every every major attachment in his life, you know, like that kind of that kind of level of Sith rage doesn't really come. from So you have no idea. You just came up. You just made this. No, it's actually a pop. It's actually a a popular piece of conjecture. (laughs) But there's a lot of popular pieces of conjecture. Did it doesn't mean that they're even closely related to facts. Vader burn. I want to know the fucking weirdo Off. writing the fanfic about yes. Darth Vader not having a penis. Yeah, I mean, my my son listens to uh, Game Theory. That's a Game Theory. Yeah, Let's he listens Reddit. to Game Does Darth Theory. Darth Vader have a dick? All right. He listens to. I mean, he had one once. Um, he listens Does to Darth Game Vader Theory. Still have his penis. And these, I realize that people are searching and writing articles on this gunner. You still haven't answered my question. Did he lose all three of his legs at Mustafar? <laughs> but uh. Um, but the, the, my son watches that game theory, and it's all just daydreaming. I mean, there's no actual facts. Okay, I mean, he, Star, he mentions facts. Star Wars to, Wiki, Darth Vader's penis. Yeah, read it, and then you tell us the evidence that there is <laughs> to support the fact that he has no penis. And don't read it out loud. <laughs> it, was, he, it was frequently the victim of a force joke, Stop. although rarely in public. Stop reading it out loud. <laughs> Just read it in your head, Gunner. You can do it. You have the capability of doing it. And with this game theory, it's like they use facts from the game, but it's all... Have you watched any of them, Wayne? Yeah, oh, I've, I've watched quite a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm not subscribed to his channel, but he pops up a lot of time on my homepage, yeah. my YouTube homepage, and I watch his stuff, and it's it's very entertaining. It's entertaining, like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's not factual. <laughs> no, it's by no means factual. Okay, Gunner, Gunner apparently read the line. Oh, oh that's not, that's not getting another podcast. <laughs> okay, so there's no facts that No, there, 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 well, yes. None. It, it, it's... Lies. It's not something that's really going to come up very often in the official. Because it didn't happen. No, especially in Disney canon. Well, I mean, he was. But that's relatively recent, though. Well, no, he 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 lost he lost all of the skin. mm -hmm. He cooked all the skin off on on. on, on, Oh, that's not necessarily true. No, because when you see him, when you whose exposed get, areas he did? No, no, but but even the even the unexposed area, because like when you see them peeling him like a, like 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 an onion. To put the 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 suit on, as it were. I mean, those were the like his pants were welded to his his his, his unmentionables. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not. This is not the hill I'm going to die on. I I just, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> although, although the, I although we're done the blurb, Luke, loss Luke, of Luke Skywalker's, yes, yeah, Obi Wan uh, proceeded to take take his. His pride, his dignity, his lightsaber, his asshole, and his. <laughs> it's for Luke Skywalker later found these pieces frozen in carbonite. <laughs> Chewie proceeded to vomit prodigiously, and I can understand why. Yeah, weirdos with fanfic. Yes, That's... it's Star Wars. It's Star Wars wiki. It, it has to be true. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I mean, yeah, Anakin Skywalker, emo kid, got his dick burned off on Lava Planet. But you know, but that's what, what, what is, a Star Wars. But that's a Star theory. Wars. Theory. We're gonna get fucking. Well, actually, they can't copyright anything. Well, um, no copyright strikes. We're not and YouTube. again, again, it's like really, does it does it really matter? Because you know, you can force choke. You can just you can just imagine one. He can he can, he can manifest that through the power of his will. True. His willy, as it were. I don't know how it actually, evolved te- into this. Technic- well, actually, technically, 
Connor's been wanting to talk about burnt penises the whole no, episode. No. He's been waiting to, 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 waiting to, to, to wonder how many episodes he sat here and thought uh, about a burnt penis. Well, <laughs> so the whole thing is, is that you know, you're begging just, on this, but George Lucas originally wrote the primary, the primary patrons, like the, the whole thing behind the force and everything was a group of people called the wills. So, I mean, <laughs> It's been there this entire time. It's 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 all one. Do we need a game? Giant. Th- do we need a Star Wars theory episode ho- hosted by Gunner Kennedy? No, this would <laughs> this would not go well. Can't, Disney bought Star Wars because they couldn't come up with anything new, and then they proceeded to ruin Star Wars. Yeah, they're destroying. They're destroying it slowly. Episode uh, movie by movie. Electronic Arts is doing electronic. It's, it's just like, it's, it's like, companies it's getting like, too with large. Our powers it's combined. It's why. Trace to tie it back in, getting away from burnt penises. Um, it's why it smells delicious. It's why I'm I'm resistant to the idea of Nintendo just like surrendering their mm-hmm. their stake in the console market, or at least their own proprietary stuff, and and just giving it over to somebody else. How does Darth Vader poop? I don't know how Darth Vader poops, especially with that butt plug. I don't know. I don't know. He definitely has like a modern day breathing machine, though. He's got a respirator in there for sure. Yeah, a ventilator. Excuse me. Yeah, it's like uh, all the advancements in technology. They're still using the same exact ventilator that they used back in nineteen ninety-seven. He's essentially in a giant walking iron lung. Mm-hmm. That's sad. There's, there's, there's a hole with no, actually. with no penis. I don't want. I, well, I mean, penis like, and a butt plug apparently. Well. Besides the bullshit penis and butt plug discussion, there's a whole thing too because like the, the unimportant stuff. Because I can go off and tangent on anything, but you know, because there's a whole idea that effectively Darth Vader's trapped in like the shitty suit because they had to cop it at the last minute. No, and but the emperor there's, there's, like well, there's 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 two things. That's the canon, emperor deli- Well, the emperor deliberately the the, the emperor, emperor deliberately about- crippled him. Can't yes. talk about butt plugs or, and then talk about shitty suits right afterwards. What you said? He's trapped in a shitty suit. Well, yes, because the butt plug didn't stop it. Um, but it, it's because you know it gets into this idea that you, there's two things, which is that like one technically admit, tacitly admitting that this is a fucking made up blah blah fantasy world, but you know because like, there's the thing where the emperor deliberately put him in a a, a shitty life support suit to hobble him to keep him always under him but the thing was is that Palpat- palpatine was a, a believer of the rule in two yes and that his greatest disappointment was that you know like like he he you know like if you well, go you offer the, vader like, a new suit once he had kind of well kind of gotten him under control but vader was like he had used that suit with all its deliberate de- the word i'm looking for is debilitation debilitation thank you but he ended up kind of using those as his advantage, and he kind of took pride in it, and he, that's why he never switched to a different suit. But this is all like Star Wars talk. We should definitely have an episode where we talk about Star Wars. But we're already over the two-hour mark. You, did, you, <laughs> did you see the Star Wars fan film that the guy, the, the Star Wars theory guy did, where it is just Vader fucking being a wrecking crew? No. And... There, it is, it is, it is the reckoning because they're yes, he's because they actually Disney fucking like jinxed him with a copyright notice and all that stuff. But I'll have to see if I can find it on the dark web. 
there. When I'm well, no, it's it's on YouTube, and he, he 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 didn't he didn't monetize it or anything like that. You can get a YouTube because there was a whole thing where you, Disney he'd already gotten approval from LucasArts to make this fan movie. He didn't monetize it, and then Disney and some other company that they have as their active agent ganked the movie started ganked the fan film started running disney advertisements oh, that's in the middle of it and yeah, yeah okay but yeah. monstrous companies being scumbags shocker hey, star wars next time <laughs> next time we will talk about star wars i think or maybe a few episodes we'll certainly talk about star wars at some Wait, point that's the superman theme jesus christ <laughs> all right we're over time now so we're gonna say goodbye thank you everybody, for listening it's still part of the super <laughs> and we will see you later don't forget to share subscribe snake the ride ride the snake <laughs>